Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird, he loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. It's an anniversary of sorts with Andrew C. Ferreira. Andrew, how are you, buddy? I'm doing not so bad. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being here. It's been about a year, really, um, yep. since our buddy James Webb sent his telescope up to the stars and it went and double parked itself in a nice dark spot and started taking pretty pictures of the sky. And this is a double parking that I have no qualms against. This is like, yeah, your yeah, vehicle is right. clearly too large. This is okay. I understand. Nobody's leaving a note on that windshield. No, they better not. Nice. Better not. That's an expensive. So tell us That's what's a been up with billion uh, dollar windshield. James Webb Telescope, buddy. What's been going on? What's new? Yeah. So basically, the first year uh, of observations has has come to a close, uh, and so NASA celebrated by releasing an image. Um, it's a spectacular image. Every image from the DWST is. It's just. It's phenomenal, um, and it's a close up of um, of a nebula of a, of a of a stellar nursery. It's a place where stars are being born. Um, to be specific, it's the Rho Ophiuchi cloud, and I'm not pronouncing that right because it turns out I never learned how to speak Greek or Latin. Um, but it is the closest uh, star-forming region to Earth. It's only about 400 light years away, which is very backdoor for the galaxy and the universe wow. as a whole. Very backdoor, like it's it's right there. <laughs> it's it's and like next door neighbor. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's probably in your yard at this point. It's like hiding out behind the barbecue. It's still hard to believe 400 light years, though, right? Like 400 years. If we were to take and if we were to fly, at the, is that's, I think this is how it works at the speed of light. It would take 400 years for us to get there. Bingo. Um, so if you if you rewind back in time, it's 2023, 1623. Think how far we've come <laughs> since this yep. photo, since this photo was taken, because we have a couple of new technologies since then, like telescopes. Yeah, we've got a couple of new things like um, sliced bread, um, vacuum insulated mugs that keep your coffee hot and your oh, very important uh, yeah. coffee cold. If you know, I swing both ways on that one. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, 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 I just want to talk about the image for a second because it's phenomenal. Like it looks you're like seeing, a monster, kind of though, right? Right, it it kind of does. Um, and what you're really seeing here is, you know, a snapshot of, you know, the NICU unit of the universe, right? Right. All the babies are kind of, you know, being born and you see this gigantic kind of jet of gas going, uh, from left to right. And this is essentially, uh, a, you know, a baby star's first cry, right? This is it kind of opening its lungs out to the world, uh, and, you know, throwing out this gigantic, you know, jet of of uh, of superheated gas but also you know shining on its own and it's ready to start doing a solar system kind of be deal you know our sun was doing the exact same thing about four billion years ago um so in a sense we're looking at a you know a baby picture of what mm. perhaps our part of the universe looked like four billion years ago now these particular pictures they are colorized and are they yep. because i think that's what some um, i mean this is not really what it looks like looks like it's been Dressed up, if you will. It's got its costume on. Yeah. So basically, uh, JWST plus other telescopes, you know, not all of them look in visible light, right? You know, visible light's the light that our puny little eyes uh, are able to make out. Um, and it is a very small portion of what we call the electromagnetic spectrum, right? It goes all the way from, you know, uh, radio waves, something, something rush, 
uh, all the way down to gamma ray, right? <laughs> from long wavelengths to short. I'm glad you got That's that. That's pretty good. Um, right, so we visible light is somewhere near the middle, uh, and we only see a very, very slim portion of it. James Webb, uh, the JWST, um, looks through infrared light, um, which is slightly more, um, you know, long, longer wavelength than visible light. And so our eyes can't see it. You know, if we looked into this portion of space, we wouldn't see the detail. We would see the stars, but we wouldn't be able to really see the gas in the same way that the JWST is able to. Um, now, people have asked me, like, does that mean the colors are fake? And the answer is yes and no. Hmm. Um, they aren't fake because these details are there. They're really there, right? All of the things that you see that are giving off radiation in any form are all being accounted for, right? It's all real. Um, but are they fake in that these colors don't literally exist? Yes. Hmm. They do not actually exist. They, this is simply a crude representation for our puny human eyes. Well, they got to sell it a little bit, right? Um, right. So, I mean, but is it, I mean, is that problemsome? I mean, I guess that we couldn't really see it the, the way nope. that we would see I, it. So it, it's it's kind of animated, but at the same time, they are making it look spectacular and i mean i guess it works they're selling space which is not terrible no but and, still I mean, it's not accurate no but my i it is accurate though right these details exist right to say that it is inaccurate if we wanted it to be accurate we wouldn't see it right well no right? i get that right right so and I, and I think that you know when people learn a little bit about how these images are made you know it's more than i could get into right now but basically, it's all real light. It's everything that we are seeing in this image is is real, right? But in the same way that when you look through, when you look at like, you know, microscopic images of bacteria that have been colorized, it's not because like it's fake, but it's because we are not built to see this. Yeah. Right? This is yeah, the only way for just... us to perceive yeah, this. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, anything else coming up from James Webb that you're aware of um, other yeah. than just working away? Yeah, so basically they've uh, about I think about about a month ago they announced the what they call um, the winning general observer programs for cycle two uh, for the JWST. Basically, all of the scientific surveys that have won, uh, essentially their part, their 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 split of time with the telescope uh, to study whatever these people want to study. Um, and so a lot of the really interesting ones that I think that people, you know, who are, you know, not hyper nerds uh, are going to care about are stuff like whether or not, um, you know, we're able to take potentially direct images of planets beyond the solar system. This is something we've never done before. Uh, mm. And with the JWST, we don't think it's possible, but we think we can get close. And so that's one of the that's one study that's being looked at is, you know. Um, let me give you the actual title, Uncharted Worlds Towards a Legacy of Direct Imaging Sub-Jupiter Mass Exoplanets. Oh, that's right? all. Yeah, that's it. So that's just one okay. of these, right? Another one um, is um, Exploring the Existence and Diversity of Volatile Rich Water Worlds. Now, to make that make a little bit more sense, Exploring the Existence and Diversity of Places That Might Be Like Earth. Okay. Um, okay. So that one is a hunt for Earth-like, you know, planets with like volatile, uh, like you know, stuff that breaks down easily. Water worlds, you know, like carbon, silicon, that kind of thing. Those are, you know, organic compounds or volatiles. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right, there it is. So um, that's just a couple of the ones, and you know, the 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 James Webb Space Telescope um, 
kind of general observer program guide uh, has uh, studies across eight different um, astrophysical things. And if you want to look that up, you can easily find that. Cool. I put the link for the um, for the photos and stuff at shiftheads.ca for everyone to see. In other news, unsuspecting Australians thought they were seeing UFOs. Meanwhile, uh, folks in India were celebrating their new rocket that they forgot to mention. Yeah. So, and here here is what I love about ISRO or the Indian Space Research Organization. Um, ISRO's is 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 India's NASA, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I mentioned this with Japan, too, because Japan does this as well, but they punch well above their weight in terms of what they're able to accomplish with the amount of fanfare and money they get. Uh, Now, mind you, Japan has had a couple of really intense and bad setbacks with rocket engines exploding on the test pad. Um, But, you know, they'll figure that out. Uh, But India um, launched Chandrayaan-3. Um, and which is their another moon mission. And Chandrayaan is uh, the Sanskrit word for moon craft, in case you are a nerd and wanted to know that. Um, now, one thing that I want to kind of bring up here, and you're going to hear me click clacking away in a moment here, because it's a very important. These are calculating click clacks, right? So let me think of, say, the Artemis 3. I'm typing that in Artemis 3, right? <laughs> Artemis 3 moon mission cost. Right. So let's just go with just the rocket launch. Right. Just the locker launch. That's going to be north of three billion dollars. Right. Not even to mention uh, payloads and everything like that. Right. Got it. Chandrayaan three. India's most recent moon mission, which took off, you know, not too long ago, has a budget of one hundred and forty million. Okay, compare those two numbers again quickly. 140 million for Chandrayaan 3, 3 billion plus for Artemis 3. Well, someone's got a little tighter budget, I would say. India's budget is, as the kids say, hella tight. Um, (laughs) And they make fantastic work. And one thing that ISRO is always amazing with is pulling off successful missions on shoestring budgets. It is phenomenal, their their budget efficiency. Now, Chandrayaan 3... Um, is going to be a um, a lunar uh, lander. Uh, it's going to go around and kind of drop on the surface and try to figure out uh, it's going to be a lander and a rover. So there will be a lander which will stay still and a rover which will rove, which is what they do. Um, and they're going to be looking to study the properties of lunar soil and rocks, uh, chemical and elemental compositions. Um, and a successful landing, and India tried to do this with Chandrayaan 2 in 2019, uh, Chandrayaan 2, unfortunately, crashed on impact. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, these things happen. Space is hard, right? Um, so they're still looking to become only the fourth ever country uh, after, of course, the U.S., the Soviet Union, and China uh, to land anything successfully on the moon. Um, Japan recently tried and failed. Uh, Israel failed as well in, in recent years. Uh, then India failed again in 2019. So they're they're you know they're stepping back up to the plate. You know they went 0 for one. They were caught looking on a low slider, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they know the picture this time. Um, so they're kind of hoping that they'll be able to make this work uh, and really you know put a stamp on India. You know India is rapidly becoming you know uh, you know they've emerging as the world's you know fifth largest economy, right? These are you know, India as a nation is not something that, you know, people ought to be taking lightly anymore, right? You know, they're rapidly becoming the world's largest country, right? They are 
very quickly becoming a powerhouse. And this is a powerhouse across all sectors. And of course, the space sector, which has classically been seen as, um, you know, a vanity project for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I argue there's a lot of real scientific, you know, might that goes into this, but they're also making great strides in this direction. What uh, what does India do in space? I mean, we know that, you know, when America goes to space or Canada helps go to space, they go to the space station and they, I don't know, do experiments. I mean, if you're, do we know what some of these other countries are doing other than floating around and saying hello? Yeah, so India has been uh, primarily, uh, their, their space sector is very, um, you know, it, it's nascent, right? It's relatively new, uh, but they've launched hundreds of satellites so far. Um, so they are a proven satellite launcher for one. They've, uh, also actually put, um, payloads in orbit around the moon successfully. Uh, they've also put payloads in orbit around Mars successfully. Um, so they're certainly capable and, you know, I believe it's next year, uh, and you know, with space timelines are always going to slip. Uh, but I believe pegged for the end of 2024, they hope to have the first ever Indian astronaut launched on an Indian rocket from Indian soil uh, to the International Space Station. Um, mm. So that's on the horizon for them to have the very first Indian astronaut. Um, and, you know, that's huge, right? Whenever another country launches their first representative into space, suddenly, you know, the dreams you know, of all the kids who live in that country, uh, you can add another one to the list. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of value in that. You know, a lot of people will write that off as like, oh, well, it's a PR stunt or, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. Or, oh, it's just to ride on coattails. But, uh, you know, we are cynical adults. We are. Um, kids don't care about that and they don't see that. Right. So if we can inspire that, then, you know, power to us. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I agree. So what about um, what about Australia, though? Australia didn't really know that this was going <laughs> up. Some of the photos online of uh, this alien craft that was flying over Australia, which was the rocket, um, uh, that was quite comical. It seemed like nobody really knew what was going on. Well, and we see this all the time with space uh, with SpaceX launches. We see this with Starlink satellite deployments, where like people say, like, "Oh, there's this chain of lights in the sky, man. It was moving so fast, dude. Take a look." And it's like, no, these are just satellites. Um, you know, these kinds of things where people was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? You know, and UFO is technically correct here because you don't know what this flying object is. But that yeah. doesn't mean that nobody knows what this is. Right. So it is always fun to point and laugh, be like, ha ha, they thought it was aliens. Um, but we also did that with space, with Star, uh, with Starlink satellites. And I'm sure people on the eastern seaboard are familiar with rockets being launched out. And you see that. And sometimes you see like the vapor trail expand in the atmosphere. And you're like, whoa, what is that freaky cloud? Is it aliens? No, it's not. It's cool, though. Just not aliens. Yeah, it was cool. The photos were pretty neat. Um, it was a fascinating look at um, when you don't know what it is. I guess everyone posting is yeah. an alien, is it an alien, is it an alien. It's We all quickly buy into the fact that, oh, it's an alien. And you didn't see, I guess, maybe we just don't follow those ones. But anybody go, hey, cool, a rocket, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, with the SpaceX launches, the, you know, there's always a flood of, did I see, you know, a UFO tweets? There's always a flood. Um, and each time it's like, nope, SpaceX launch. And people are like, oh, okay, back to normal. Yeah, um, back to normal. There it is. I love it. Um, what are you excited about right now, Andrew? I mean, it's summertime. You know, I know that there's lots of kids touring around the, the science places. And what, mm-hmm. are you, um, what are you excited about? I mean, I think 
you know, besides, I'm excited for summer to be over. Worst season. Worst season. Um, if you like summer, I'm sorry. Please, please seek help. Um, but besides that, you know, what I'm excited about is the fact that we're we're at this point in in human history. We're at this point in the textbook of humanity's history, where there are all sorts of terrible, awful, garbage things happening everywhere all the time. But despite that, we are as a species slowly making inroads into trying to figure out what is going on with the universe, right? You know, we talked earlier about the James Webb Space Telescope. We talked about future, you know, future experiments and studies that might, you know, seek to better pinpoint our place in the universe, right? Um, upcoming missions are always being planned, right? Brand new telescopes, brand new observatories, brand new ways for us to study the world. You know, countries that have, you know, never before uh, been a player on the international uh, stage in terms of not only just space, but science in general uh, are gaining pace and you know in you know when it, in the realm of science and technology competition is fantastic right mm -hmm. it pushes pushes everyone to do better right if it's just one country dominating everything we all get complacent right so it's good to be challenged it's good to you know be beaten to something because it you know it infuses this sense of like well we gotta we gotta beat them back now right um and that's not to say that you know space and science is this inherently nationalistic thing because i always like to remind people that borders are literally made up um yeah you know just an arbitrary line we, we draw the lines in the soil um so it's not this inherently nationalist thing for us to be like well my country's better than yours right um it's a nationalist endeavor in the same way that and there obviously are nationalist things in this but that international sport and competition are right at the end of the day, we're all winning, right? At the end of the day, the benefits, the pride, the joy that we see uh, benefit everyone. I love it. Good. And Inspiring. I think that, yeah, and, and I think, you know, living where we are now, you know, there's a whole lot of crap out there, right? Um, but if you dig deep enough, um, you get under it and you get some nice, delicious topsoil. It makes some... Um... Makes you feel grateful. I agree. Thank you for those words. It's very kind. Andrew C. Ferreira here, Weird Science. James Webb Telescope links if you want to see the photos at shiftheads.ca and so much more. Thank you so much, brother. Of course.